this is a chance to be the new you. Maybe you need to be the old you with a few tweaks. But you know, this is a great time to be the new you, whatever that means. If you were a rotter last year, don't know where to look, don't be a rotter this year. If you were bad to your kids last year, be good to your kids this year. If you were stingy last year, I don't know where to look for that one. If you were stingy last year, now's the time to be generous. It's a whole new year. In fact, it's a whole new decade. And I'm excited not only for this year, I'm excited by this decade. I believe that we're on the cusp of God doing something new in this place. And this isn't on my preaching time. Don't put this on my preaching time. But I do believe God is going to do something new in this place and in our city. Are you ready? Yeah. Somebody said to me this morning, I just see that we're, we're a church on fire, ready to go. And I, and I believe that this year we're going to see some stuff that is going to blow our minds. And we're seeing God move already and he's doing some amazing, amazing things over the last number of years. But this year is going to be a year of flying in God. In flying in God. And I'm not just talking for the church, I'm talking for you individually as well. I'm on a mission this year that we get deeper into God than we've ever been. That we experience him more than we've ever experienced before in our lives. And, and there's some history in this room. You've got testimonies. You've seen how God has shown up and done things. I want you to understand this morning, going into 2020, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. You might have seen healings. You might have seen people change and lives transform. You might have seen miracles on your own life, which is great. But I feel the Holy Spirit said, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. And I want to get into my text this morning because... I'm going to share a little bit of where I feel that we're going to go over the next year. And I can't unpack this all today. So over the next number of weeks, I'm going to be talking about vision, where we're going. Not just this year, but long term, where are we going? You know? I think that's important that we do that right at the beginning. And then Gordon's going to share something that was on his heart to maybe help tie it together at the end there. So if you've got your Bibles, would you go to Matthew 5, 14 to 16? Would you put that, that verse up for me? This year, across our campuses in, in, in the New Springs churches, our theme is a city on a hill. City on a hill where we are light. Now, it's interesting. Why did they build cities on hills? Because it gave them strength. But also, it allowed them to see the enemy coming. And in 2020, I want us to be positioned as a church that we can see the enemy coming. That we are strong. That in this dark world, which I do think is a great world, but can be very dark, that we proclaim the light of Jesus. And people say to me all the time, well, the church is, is a dying breed. Christians are a dying breed. They're wrong. Amen. We're actually on the up. And in 2020, I'm proclaiming over our city, not just in this church, but the churches will be on the up. I'm not just talking in numbers, which is good, and we'll talk about that a bit in the middle, but in the heart, that they'll be in the up, that they will change, they will transform. There's some of the churches in Sunderland, getting excited already, we're already two minutes in, that need to allow the Holy Spirit to get in. In fact, there's some churches in Sunderland that need shutting down under the trace description because they won't let Jesus in. Well, we are never going to be a church where Jesus is not central to what we do. And this is why the city on a hill is going to be our vision, our statement for this year, because we are positioning ourselves to be light in the darkness, to be strong when others are weak around us. Not for the sake of saying, look at us, we're strong. That was my best bodybuilding pose. But there's people that are weak around us that need to help us give them strength. We need to pull them up. We need to support them. We need to encourage them. That's why we're positioning ourselves to be a city on the hill. Why? So we can see the enemy's ways and where he's coming and we can deal with that. But also so we can help our brother and sister and lift them up. Those that are weak, those that are struggling. And I'm not just talking in our community because sometimes we're a weak. We are not feeling so strong. We need lifting up by the body. We need to be strong because of the body. That's why it's important you come to church. Pastor, it's not important that I come to church. Yes, it is. It's not about me having numbers. It's not about me saying these these amount of people are in the church, it's about we are strong together. That when I'm feeling weak, you build me up, you encourage me. When you're feeling weak, somebody else gets alongside you and builds you up. 
I know there's times that I don't want to come to church and I'm the pastor. I don't want to come to church because I've had a rough night. The boys haven't been great or something's happened or somebody said something to me and I've started to believe the lie and I come to church and I worship or somebody puts their hand on my shoulder and everything changes. Why? Because we are stronger together. 2020, we are stronger together. Let me read this verse. You're the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, we are positioning ourselves to be strong, to be the city on a hill. Not so we can glorify new springs, so we can glorify the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I said last week that that as a church our size, we're punching above our weight in what we deliver in the community. And people say to me, we shouldn't be doing it because you're not big enough. You shouldn't be doing it because you don't have the resources. What I do know is we have a big God and we've been doing it. Nothing to do with me, nothing to do with you. It's his favour saying that actually I will bless this place and I will allow you to bless this community. 2020, I want to challenge you to let your light shine. Every one of us, I believe that there's light within us. Let that light shine wherever you are. Whatever world that you get to influence, let your light shine. Because in the end, the light always wins. Light always wins. Darkness doesn't win. The light always wins. In the world that we live in where there's crazy things going on and politicians and men who are powerful and women who are powerful making decisions, they are not in control. They think they are, but God is in control. And his word says that my light will shine in the darkness. My light will bring hope. My light will bring love. That's what our city needs. That's what we need this year. Our vision hasn't changed. We're still set about in 2020. What does it mean to love God and to love people? And to make disciples of that and repeat it all. That's not going to change. And I'm not going to preach on that because we've heard that many, many times last year. And this year, I'll unpack that a bit more. But my role, my job... What I feel we should do this year, part of it is the ministries that we do, and I believe that we do them well, we're going to strengthen those ministries. So are you prepared that the ministry, the thing that you're involved in, the thing that you run, are you prepared to see it grow this year? Because if you're not prepared to see it grow this year, you're the wrong person leading that ministry for me. That sounds very strong, doesn't it? Well, time is ticking. Time is ticking and we have got to be light in the darkness. How many lives are being lost in Australia now? And if something happened like that to the UK, time is ticking. Who is sharing light in the dark world? Oh, we're going to do that in 2020. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep building on our ministries. We're going to keep strengthening them. Do you know what I want to see in our ministries this year? It isn't just about numbers, but I will talk about numbers in a minute. I do want to see them grow. But I want to see fruit. And there's people that are sitting in the church today because of some of the ministries that we do. But I want to see more fruit. What do I mean by that? What's our return on investment? If this isn't cutting it for the kingdom, we need to cut it off. This isn't about Nathan Weaver and how excited he is or what he wants to do. I want to know what God wants to do in this place. His voice is important. And in fact... Things I'm going to share now, I want to emphasize that everything that we do is underpinned by prayer. It's underpinned by being led and keenly by the Holy Spirit. So if our ministries aren't producing fruit, maybe in 2020 we need to cut them. Why? So that we can allow the kingdom of God to do what he wants to do in this city, in our lives and through this church. You hear me say this a lot. But we're still going to be underpinned by prayer and the Holy Spirit. And in 2 Chronicles, it says this, 7, 14 to 15. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will, and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in that place. I've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. In some other places it says that it will rest there. I believe that the Holy Spirit is resting here. 
He's resting in this place because we are trying to pray. We're trying to stand for our city. And if we continue to pray, he will deal with the things of the city. Because it says that. If my people humble themselves and pray, the people that I've called by name, that's us. He's called us by name. I will do wonders in your city. I'll do wonders in your land. I'll bring change. I'll do. So we're going to keep praying. And on that, I want to encourage you that on Mondays and Fridays, if you can, why don't you join me and Jen as we try and fast, as we try and pray up to tea time for our church, for, for our city, for people in the church. Maybe you can commit to doing one of those days. Maybe you can do both. But I'm determined that we're going to be a church that prays and stand on what the Holy Spirit says. Are you still with me this morning? A number of years ago, God gave me a prophetic word. And I'll just remind you of that word, that anything that we do in his name in this place will echo out into our city. Will echo out. And that when it echoes out, people will respond to the voice or to the sound. They won't know what it is, but they want to find where it is. In fact, it's like, you know, a beacon, the thing that flashes. That God was saying that the beacon has been set off. It's already going. And that people will find their way here. Because they want to know what the sound of the beacon is. What is that echo that's playing around? People will find their way here, not knowing what it is. But I can be assured of this, in 2020, I believe that they're going to find Jesus. And that's been happening in 2019. The voices rang out and people have come to find where the homing beacon is. And actually they found Jesus. And I'm praying for more than that in 2020. And God is starting to unpack this sort of stuff. But I want you to understand this this morning. Going forward, how important you are to this church. This isn't just about me. If this was just about me, we'd probably have an empty church. Because it's not about me, this is about God. But I want to share with you this morning, very quickly, how important you are. I can't do this without you. And I believe this about every one of you. From the youngest to the oldest to the one that's been in faith for one day to a hundred years, you have a part to play in the vision of this church. What is that? I, I don't know, but I believe you have a part to play. That you have something to offer this church, something to offer this community that I can't offer. But what I do know is together that we can do this. Together we can do this. Everybody has their part. Everybody has their part to play. Everybody has their bit to make a difference in this church and in this community. You see, on our own, we're weak. Our strengths and our character and our calling will take us so far, but together we are stronger. I honestly believe that God didn't create us to be on our own. I'm not just talking about our single lives, but I'm talking about he created us to be in pockets of families. This is a family. He created us to be in relationship with people. I want you to hear this like I'm talking to you individually today. Firstly, there is a place for you here. You are needed here and you can make a difference in this place and together we can do it. And if you hear nothing else today, you need to understand that I need you. And over the next number of weeks, I will unpack some of the stuff of why I need you. Not because it's, oh, look at what I've got and I can use to my... Maybe I should say this, that actually it's what... How God needs you. I'm not into using people for the sake of using people and making myself look good, but God wants to use us. He used a donkey for goodness sake. And I'm just looking around. If he can use a donkey, some of you are in with a shout. I don't know where to look. But if he can use a donkey, he can use us. He can use us. And maybe it's got nothing to do with you. You will never set foot on this platform that doesn't mean you can't have a ministry for him. That doesn't mean that you can't make a difference for his kingdom. So together that we can do it. Let me share some of the things I think where we, maybe we should go this next year. And I've been seeking the Lord and, and I want to set my stall out and say, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. But I, I am human and I can get this wrong. But I do believe God is saying this and, and I'm setting my stall out. And in fact, a side note, I want you in 2020, be very careful how you use the Lord's name. God told me 
to do that. Well, if God's told you to do that, firstly, I've got nowhere to go to challenge you on that. But secondly, if God's told you, you best get on with it. But if God hasn't told you, you're going to be answering for that as well. So be careful how you package things up. So I'm saying I believe, I think this is God, but I could possibly have got this wrong. And I want to be the first to admit that if I've got this wrong this year, I will stand in front of you and I will say, sorry, I didn't get this right. But I know I've been spending time with the Holy Spirit. I know that he's been speaking to me. And normally when I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, normally I'm on the right sort of page where he wants to go. So this is the first thing I, I want us to talk about. There's other things that I want to do. But first thing is growth in numbers. That this, this year, we're really going to look at what it looks like to really grow as a congregation. Yes, and I am talking about numbers now. And you've said, Pastor, well, numbers isn't important. Well, numbers is important because it shows if there's life in the place. It shows if people want to be there, if people want to gather together. Because if you didn't want to be here, I'd be a bit worried. Oh, well, there's nobody here. There must be something then that I'm doing wrong or we are doing wrong because people don't want to be here. But I'm, I'm believing this year that we're a church that goes from sort of 55, 60 people to 75 people. And as a pastor, I, I get frustrated because I think we've hit in the 75 now a bit regular and then we go down to 48 and then we go back up to... I'm looking in 2020, what does it look like for us to break that 70 on a regular basis and actually be over 100? But I want to look at what it looks like for our invite culture. How do we bring people to the church? And it's not just about inviting people. What do we do when people come to the church? It's no good inviting people and then just saying, get on with it. How do we encourage? How do we, how do we sit next? How do we, and we're going to look at all that sort of culture. What does that mean? We're going to look at how we do our welcome. What is known across the New Springs churches that we do welcome really well. That people feel at home instantly. But we've got to go a little bit deeper than, are you all right, Duck? Yeah, I'm all right, Duck. Are you all right, Duck? We've got to go deeper. I'm on a mission that if we're serious about being family, let's be family. In the good and the bad. So we're going to look at what it looks like to, to go on that. We've got to look at what it looks like for our connection, our connection within the church and out of the church. How do we connect within with the people that we have, the people that are around us? With the ministries that we do, and how do we connect out into the community? Got to look at all that. I want people in the community to talk about New Springs in a positive way. Oh, not another church, you know, one of those happy clappers, they're after your money all the time. I want them to talk about that at Christmas, that New Springs church, they put 34 hampers out into the community to bless people. That Easter, that people in this community got Easter eggs. That we feed so many people, not so we can brag on the church, but so we can brag on our God. It says here that if we let our light shine, it's then people will see the good deeds of the Father and it shines on the Father. In 2020, we've got to keep reflecting to the Father. People say, I'm, I'm, I'm humble. Because when they say to me, oh, well done, that was great today, I always push it back and say, God's good. And, and you've heard me say that. That isn't me trying to be, have false humility. This is God that's doing this. I, I'm just the man, the woman who's in the right position to do that. But I believe you can be the right man and woman in 2020 if you're intensive in setting out for Jesus. He, he'll use you. So we're going to look at like, what does it look like to grow this place, to build family. You see, just on a side note of building family, in 2020, I've talked about this and people have mentioned this to me long. I haven't done anything about it. Forgive me. We're going to go on a day trip. We're going to go locally. We might go for a picnic. We might go on a bus. And I know you might be thinking, really? Is that part of your vision? Yeah, because if we are really talking about being family, let's be family. Sometimes we get caught up in everything. We just don't enjoy life and we don't enjoy God. Well, wouldn't it be nice, not in the winter, but wouldn't it be nice that we actually went after church one day and we just had a picnic together and we just hung out and we just played a bit of football or we played a bit of rounders or whatever. Just being family. Sometimes we get so spiritual, we're no earthly good. And we've got to get this balance. I want us to be a spiritual church 
But we've got to be the balance. We've got to be earthly good as well. And families are interesting, aren't they? We like some. We don't like some. We have to get on with it. We can't pick them. It's a bit like church. You can't pick who you sit next to, but we've got to get on with it. But together we can do this. And we won't be able to do this unless we're together. So we're going to create family days. We're going to do things where we're going to go out just on a practical level. In fact, do you know what I want to do to help connect and reach this? You're going to think I'm mad now. You're going to go straight to the Vicar of Dibley. (laughs) Honestly, what I'm going to mention now, I, I, I feel... Wow, this is going public and this is getting recorded, so this could end my ministry right away. That we are going to have a service that is relevant for pets. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold it, hold it. Don't unpick my theology yet. Don't, no, it's not question Q&A yet. But there's people who love their animals. Well, what would it look like for us to put a service on where we're speaking into the person's life? I'm not speaking into the animal's life. I'm not going that far. But they can bring their animals. I know I'm nuts. But for me, Paul talks about by all means win some. I can see it now. There's going to be a great dame pooing over there. There's a parrot flying around here. It could be the last service that I ever run. But my heart is somehow, if by all means is true, we've got to win people. And my heart is for that service is that I share the gospel. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. That's, that might be some of your problems that I'd like to share with you. I could see it being a ministry for Gordon, actually. <laughs> I could see it now, no. So I've moved from the spiritual very quickly into the flesh. So we're going to look at what maybe that looks like. Are we nuts? Well, there's no way I'm nuts, yeah. But do you know what I'm desperate to do in 2020? Laughing aside with the pet service, I'm desperate as a church that we keep connecting with people. And we keep connecting Jesus to people. Because the world thinks that we're nuts as Christians. Well, if I put that service out on a billboard, they're going to think we are nuts. But we're not nuts. But we should be nuts for Jesus. Let's change people's perspectives. You know, it was great having the schools in over Christmas. I've spoke to the heads after how they are challenged by our, their perception of church and how that's changed now they've been in our church. I don't know what a normal church is, so don't try and peg that on me. Are we a normal? I don't know what a normal church is, but what we're trying to do in 2020, what we're trying to do is set our stall out that we love Jesus and we're trying to follow him. We're going to keep doing that. Second thing that we're going to really look after and go after, and, and again, together we can do this. We need to look at this building. What are we doing with this building? There's issues with this building. We are blessed with this building. But how do we expand it? What do we do? Do, And my heart on this is, I want to know what God is saying about what we do with this building. And my heart isn't that we just flog it and we get out of here. But if that's what God is saying, then we need to flog it and we need to get out of it. But what is he saying? And would you join me in praying, in strategizing, in, in saying, Lord, would you bring the right people across our path? We could flatten this building, have a three-story building and a three-seater auditorium, underground car park, and it would cost us a million pounds. Well, that's cheap, people would say. It is, but we haven't got a million quid, have we? But we have a God who could provide a million quid if that's where we need to go. Sean could write a check for half of that. But you see my heart, and my heart isn't that we've got the most amazing building in the world. My heart is that we have a facility that is connecting with people out in our community. Connecting to our city. For the glory of Jesus. For the glory of Jesus. So we need to pray into it. We need guidance on it. And we need plans and we need strategies of what we're going to do. And again, please hear me, I'm not interested in what I want to do with it. I'm interested in what God wants to do with it. Should have put that on silent. It's probably my wife saying, come on, get to your next point. Oh, seriously. (laughs) Forgive me. It's it's, it's fine. But what are we going to do with this building? And maybe you are key to unlocking what we need to do with this building. 
you know, I, I'm a big believer in this scripture as well. And I'm a big believer, I confess this, that there's things stored up in, in the enemy camp, there's things stored up in the, in the chambers and the, the places of darkness that need to be released into the kingdom of light. And I'm confessing that now in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you release the things in, in the kingdom of darkness, finances, resources, and bring them into the kingdom of light. Not just here, but into the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name. Next thing I want us to look at, and I'm only touching over these, and I'm really trying to get through here and not take your time up so much, is that you remember I've preached the other week I talked about in a world where you could be anything, let's be kind. And in 2020, I want us to try and see what it looks like for us to connect with a, a coffee shop or a local restaurant or a Greg's or something like that, that we do this pay it forward scheme. What are you talking about, pastor? Well, I go and buy a coffee and a pasty, and then I say, there's three pound for another meal deal to help or bless somebody else. I'm thinking, why, pastor? Why, why, why are we involved in that as a church? Why do you want us to be involved in that? Because I want you to remember that it's okay just being kind. It's okay to be generous. It's okay that maybe we give away without return. And... It might not be for all of us. But what I'm trying to do is engage your heart of kindness, but also your generosity. Because God has challenged me that we are going to be a generous church. And we have been a generous church. And I'm not comparing to other churches. But I heard this sad story the other week. A church that you would perceive that would have money and is a big church in the city. Put this event on. And, and it was amazing. Probably, I think over 400 people went through this event. And the assistant pastor just said in passing, oh, well, we wouldn't have been able to do that if the council didn't give us a grant. This is probably one of the richest churches in the city saying this. But why do I say it? I'm saying this because God is our source. He always provides. And, and when it comes to the ministries and the things that we've done, it doesn't make sense, the ministries and the things that we've done for the size that we are. But God is a big God. He keeps providing. He keeps putting in where we need the resource. He keeps providing the finance or, or the right skill. or the Why? Because he's no man's debtor. So what would it look like for us to partner with a coffee shop, with the Greggs, to say, let's do this pay it forward scheme? Why? Just so we can be a blessing. Because I believe that if we're a blessing, the blessings will come back to us. And I'm praying not only will they come back to your life, I'm praying that they come back to this house too. Now, you might think that I'm just talking about I want to see finance. No. Blessing is about fruit. Blessing is about seeing people healthy. Blessing is about seeing families connecting. There's nothing that makes my heart leap more than seeing this place full and growing. I loved our Christmas program because it was vibrant. I love the women will hear me. I come in on a Wednesday and I, I am nuts. There's... there's Dropping going on there. There's art class going on here. We might have a special needs service going on here with the dropping. Stuff going upstairs. And people are running around all over the place. And I keep saying, I love the hustle and bustle. This is what church should be about. That we should be the hub of where things are going. I ran. There was a dropping going on there. 50 to 70 people. And I, I forgot. I was running a leaders meeting for the, for the region. So 13 ministers turned up. And I booked the art class for the back. So they're doing their stuff and I'm trying to conduct this meeting to 13 ministers and the ministers say to me, should we go somewhere else? I said, no. I said, this is what church should be about, the hustle and bustle of life. People from different walks of life coming together. And So I love the hustle and bustle. So what would it look like for us to pay it forward? I don't know what that looks like because I want to find a chain that we can trust. You know why on Wednesdays, if we don't see any fruit, or Tuesdays we don't see any fruit, and we are, it's okay just to feed people. It's okay just to feed people. Because in Matthew 25, it talks about feeding people, visiting the prisoner, dealing with the lost, helping people that are sick. Sometimes we, we have to love without return. We're doing that well as a church. But I believe God brings that return and he's blessing us. 
this is really on my heart where I feel we should go this next year. And I haven't worked out all the detail in this, so don't hold me to titles or things. It's just suggestions of possibly where I feel we should be going. I believe that we should launch some sort of academy from this place. Again, people say, have you got the people? Have you got the resources? What do you mean by academy? Well, somehow we've got to allow people's skills, or if not skills, to, to get new skills, to learn instruments, to be able to be sing, to be released. To If you are good at poetry or creative writing, why don't somehow we try and channel that? What stops Sheila saying, do you know what, I want to learn this, and we give the opportunity that she can learn whatever it is. And it's not for the return of that you come onto the stage and you, but to create a new skill. But also, it will help me, I think, if we do this academy in getting into the future generations. Do you know this year, we had three choirs. I had two choirs booked here and one choir booked in Stockton, and every choir cancelled on me. And not just with plenty of notice. They dropped me right in it. And I am sick of being at the beck and call of other organisations when on my heart I'm thinking, let's start this academy. What stops us setting up our own choir? Now, I don't know what that looks like. So don't come to me and say, Pastor, have you worked it all out? But no, but what does it look like for us to really, firstly, an adult choir that is a Christian choir? What does that look like? But this is really on my heart. What does it look like for us to start a kids' choir? Possibilities. Eh? Why? One, I want our lights to shine, and I want to be a church that encourages people's lights to shine. But I want to give people opportunities. Future leaders, not just kids, people who want to run ministries, how do we release them? try and create this creative arts academy kind of thing. And I don't know if I'm doing it justice in how I'm explaining it. You see, Hillsong, if you know Hillsong, and we're not trying to be Hillsong, let me just be very clear with that. That's their remit of what they're doing. They've got fantastic music. You can't argue that they've got fantastic music. You, can't, you might not like it, you might not like their styles, but they produce fantastic music. It started with Darlene Check and and a guy was, is it a Morgan something or Reuben Morgan? But I sat with a guy from Hillsong who originally set one of the part of the original team, but also he moved to here and he set up the Hillsong in Newcastle. And I asked him about his strategy. I said, well, you've got fantastic music, you've got fantastic bands, you know, here's a church, we, we do it off the, the thing and we're working hard at trying to make that work. He said, let me tell you what happened with Hilson. He said, there was a few of us that could play. And we found that at the end of our service, and we see this on our service, you got the five-year-old was banging the piano. And you got the two-year-old, which is normally my two-year-old, smashing the drums. And you've got the other kid up here playing with the PA wires. And what we do in churches is, get off that. find myself telling my own boys, boys, come on. People are trying to talk and you are smashing the life out of those drums. But also we got, you know, somebody's paid for those drums, boys. But what he told me they did, they started to channel that. All right, son, you, you want to bang the piano. So they got the piano player in the church to get alongside that person with the permission of the adult and taught them piano. Not just piano, but taught them how to be a leader, how to possibly do worship. Well, we can see the fruit now, can't we? Hillsong United, Hillsong Kids, Hillsong whatever, Hillsong Bread, Hillsong Cheese, whatever else they're producing, is because they made a decision that they were going to put into kids' lives. Well, we're making that decision in 2020. We're going to put into some of these kids' lives. We're going to get some instruments into kids' hands. We're going to try and teach them. Maybe you're that person to teach them. You don't have to be grade eight, whatever. They said at the orchestra, if you wanted to be in the symphony orchestra, you had to be grade five, grade six to be in. You don't have to be grade five, grade six. If you can strum the guitar, do G, whatever else it is, A, B, D, I don't even know. 
Maybe you can teach that to a kid. You see the fruit of Hillsong. But also, why do I want to do it? Because I'm determined we are going to be ascending and lending church. What do I mean by that? There's churches that struggle to have worship leaders. They struggle to have a band. They struggle to have a kids worker. They struggle to have a whatever it is. And I want to position ourselves that we will send a kids worker, a youth worker, a music person to their church at the cost of us. Pastor, you are talking nuts now. How are we going to do this? You haven't even got a band yourself. Because what I'm trying to do is say that together we can do this. There's clever people in this room, clever people than me. I need to unlock some of that strategy, some of that stuff that you've learned to help us move the kingdom of God forward. I don't want to do this for money. I want to do this for the kingdom of God. Jim prayed this morning about seeing the kingdom of God come. Before the kingdom of God will come, we've got to get past our own kingdoms. I'm not interested in building the New Springs kingdom. I'm interested in building the kingdom of God and God will use New Springs in that. I believe that. But also I'm thinking in my head that if we start now, in two, three, four years time, I want to reestablish, I want to start new churches under the New Springs name around this northeast, this this. Well, I've been involved in church planning many, many years with my family. And and, and our model, basically, we went in as a family of four, and you gave the hymn books out, sold the ice cream, you preached, you did the communion, and then the church grew from there. Now, I don't think that's a bad model. But what I prefer to do is have a model where we send the right person, the right leader in with other people and they're back with resources. What would it, what would it look like that we got the right leaders that are through our academy, that we trained them? But I said to this leader, whoever it may be, or this couple, that we want you to go and do this estate over here and we're going to back you. And actually, to save you worrying about how you're going to finance this, firstly, we're going to give you some money to buy equipment. Secondly, we're going to pay your wages to go. You see, I honestly believe that if we remove the obstacles of finance, people can flow better in God and grow better in God. But that's going to, I don't know how we're going to do that. But this is what I feel God is saying, that we're going to be ascending and a lending church, not for cost, but for the kingdom of God. And I want to remind you together that we can do this. So I'm trying to get ahead for the future. know the story of Napoleon I might have shared this but he was looking down the mall and he saw his soldiers walking in the hot sun sun is beating on them they're getting sunstruck and by the time they've walked this mile or this two miles they are shattered by the time they get to the headquarters and he says to his generals and said this is ridiculous our men have fought for us they're coming back they're trying to give us freedom and they're walking up this mile and they're, they're tired and they're sunstroked and we've got to do something about this. So his generals kind of laughed and they said, well, the only thing that we can do about it is we, we need to plant trees. But do you know how ridiculous that is? And do you know how much that would cost Napoleon to do that? And do you know that this army is never going to benefit from those trees? And Napoleon turns to them and says, well, we best crack on then, aren't we? Let's start planting the trees. And today there is trees down, those, down that mall because he stood over and said, we've got to give cover to our... And my point is, is that I don't know where this vision's going to go. I don't know how we're going to finance it and do whatever, but we've got to start now. We've got to start now. And we've got to start somewhere. This is maybe why the academy is coming to my mind. We've got to start somewhere. And... Will this be an all singing, all dancing academy by the end of 2020? Probably not. In my head, I'm thinking, if this hasn't been taken, it's going to be called something like King's Academy. And if by the end of the year, if we've got a kid's choir, I'm quite happy with that. 
But if God wants to take it even faster, then fine. But some of these things that I'm casting isn't going to be worked out in 2020. We're just setting our stall out. This is what we're going to do. The last thing, 2020. Wow. Last thing. I am determined as a church, we are setting our stall out, and we've done this already, that we are going to be a blessing to this community and to this city. What does that look like? I, I don't know. Maybe we need to ramp up the hampers. Maybe we need to take the hampers and go a little bit further. We need to get baby clothes out there. Maybe we need to, I, 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 I don't know. But what I do know is, is that we are setting our stall out, that we are going to bless this community and we're going to bless this city. I just spoke to Jim quickly this morning. And this is going to be part of the strategy. He said, what would it look like, Pastor, that if we created something in the church that we, we regularly prayed for the businesses in this area, in this city, that we set our stall out doing that? Something within my spirit and his spirit went, I went, I like that. That's how we can bless. One way we can bless our community. Tell you what. When I ran businesses, I would have loved for the local pastor to come through the door and say, do you know what, I'm praying for your business today. I might have thought he might have been a bit nuts, but actually giving it some thought, please, would you? And you know if you've got businesses in the church today, it's tough out there. Wouldn't it be great that there's a network of people willing to pray on a regular basis for your business? Now I know that we're doing that and we're praying for certain things, but we set our stall out in saying this is what we're doing. There's no other agenda apart from us praying for your business. Praying that it be free. Wouldn't it be great that we pray for the businesses that along Sea Road, there's not one empty shop? Wouldn't it be great in the area that we live in that businesses are flourishing? Amen. Well, how, how do you think that's going to happen unless we get down to praying? Unless we get down to speaking some life into these businesses? And I'm praying, I'm confessing now, I'm praying, businesses in this area, be fruitful. Businesses in this church, be fruitful. Sometimes we might have to cut that business loose. But we can still play blessing and direction in all of that. So we're going to set our stall out in blessing and, and praying for this community. And you're asking me, how are we going to do this? Good question. I don't know. How are we going to pay for this? Great question. I don't know. Who's going to do this? Another great question. I don't know. But what I do know is that I serve, you serve, a big God. A big God. And, and he's so big, he's bigger than the vision that he's given me. He's bigger than the vision that he's given to you. That means... It can bring the right resources, the right people, the right finance, the what, whatever we need. Because he's a big God, he can deal with that. But maybe it's as simple as you can say to me, do you know what? I'm in. We've got to start somewhere. And I believe that we've had a great four and a half, five years. But I believe the next five years we're going to catapult into some amazing things in God. In growth. And let's talk about growth. It's not just about numbers. I'm praying in 2020 that we go deeper than we've ever gone before. I want to see my boys at school laying hands on people and seeing them get healed. I want to see the Joshes and the Rubies leading us in certain things. Why? Because they've got hold of God and God is doing something in them. I, I am not a respecter of age or people. God's not a respecter of age or people. If God wants to use them, I'm up for let's use them. But I feel the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to challenge your thinking, your understanding, the way that we've done things. Are you ready to be challenged? Are you ready to do things differently? I've spoke way too long. And Gordon's going to share a little bit in a second. I just want to end with this scripture. I'm going to my phone because I like the version here better. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. And normally you would hear just maybe one part of this verse, but I want to go a little bit further at the beginning because it talks about love. It talks about him resourcing. 
This is what it says. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to his riches of his glory, he may grant to you, be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you've been rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, this is a key verse, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in church, to, to him be glory in church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. First bit talks about resourcing, talks about having his love, how he loves us and he will resource us. But the last bit talks about that he will do more than we can ever dream or imagine. What are you dreaming? What are you imagining? Because he can do a lot more than that. I want to ask you this morning. Firstly, I want to remind you, together we can do this. Secondly, I want to ask you, are you in? Are you in this morning? Are you in this morning or am I on my own? Are you in? Tell me if you're in. Tell me if you're in. I knew you'd be in. But together we can do this. Together we can bring change for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. And then Gordon is going to come. Father, if I have not shared your heart rightly this morning, forgive me, Jesus. But Lord... We are setting our stall out for you to do something great in this place. We are setting our stall out for you to do something great in our lives, Father God. And Lord, would you take that? Would you change us, transform us, make us more like you? And Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this, but Lord, I do know we've got a big God. And as a church, we're going to trust you to do what you do. In Jesus' name. Gordon, come and share what you feel God has put on your heart. Well, this is not going to be the second sermon, so don't worry. <laughs> Five minutes. Um, I shared a bit about what I felt the Lord wanted me to say last week, and uh, Nathan and I agreed for me to share it this weekend. So this was the, and it's just amazing what I'd had. I didn't know what to say it first thing, for it to be confirmed, but what you've said has just been marvelous. Um, I just want to share with you something that Kip and Helen and I, when we read, um, I don't know if, if you do your daily reading in the morning from the the word for the day, you know, UCB? Yep, okay. I'm not quite sure if, if you do your daily readings through the word for the day by, from UCB, yep. Well, on the 2nd of January, I, I want to read this out, and it's absolutely applicable for what you've just said there. It's about getting your vision right. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about 2020, about 2020 vision, and we've, we've heard the pastor unpack what his vision is for the church, and um, a lot of you are thinking, Really? Well, this is exactly what this is all about. So let's just make sure that we get our, our thinking right and our vision right. On the 2nd of January, this was the reading for the day. The story is told of a man who put an eagle's egg in the nest of a barnyard chicken. And the eaglet hatched and grew up with the brood of chickens. All his life, he did what the chickens did. Scratched in the dirt for seeds and insects, clucked and cackled, and never flew more than a few feet off the ground. Then one day, he saw a magnificent bird soaring gracefully above him and asked, what a beautiful creature. What's it called? The chicken next to him said, that's an eagle. The king of all birds. But don't give him any mind, because you can never be like him. So the eagle returned to pecking in the dirt and died, thinking it was a barnyard chicken. Who told you that you, didn't, that you don't have potential? Who told you that you won't succeed in life or make an impact? Certainly not God. When the angel of the Lord called Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites, he responded with a litany of excuses about why he wasn't qualified for the job. But the angel told him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel. Have I not sent you? Notice two 
important things in this story. First, God spoke to the destiny within Gideon. And I believe that, that Nathan, through the Spirit, is talking to certain destinies within us. But we look at our own circumstances and say, how can this be? We don't realize that we are not born for the barnyard. We're born to fly with the, with the resources, with the giftings that God's given us as individuals. Secondly, God reminded him that it was not the power of the one being sent, but the one sending him that would win the battle. Today you are mighty because God is with you. And when Helen and I read this, these words came to my mind to have a Nazareth mentality. And I want to very, very quickly, I mean quickly, and I, didn't, I haven't heard this before, I haven't heard anybody preach this before, it was this Nazareth mentality of where's this come from? How, how can this be? Now, when, when Philip found Nathaniel under a tree and said, I think we've found the Messiah. And Nathaniel said, who's this? He says, Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. And Nathaniel looked at him and said, Nazareth, has anything good come out of Nazareth? Because in those days, Nazareth didn't have a very good name. And especially Jesus. Now, I don't know if, if, if Nathaniel knew anything about this, but even in Nazareth, Jesus didn't have a good name. Let me, let me be careful about this. It says that he wasn't able to do many miracles in Nazareth. You know why? Because they thought, well, first of all, they thought, who was he? Oh, yes, it's, of course, because it's son of Mary. Not son of Joseph. They didn't even give him the title of who his dad was because they thought, well, there's a rumor you see that's not really Joseph's son. Yep, so they had this mentality, this Nazareth mentality of pigeonholing, yep, that person to where he was, but they didn't realize he was born in Bethlehem. And what I'm just saying to you is this, what came to us was this. You were born in Bethlehem spiritually. We can live in Nazareth with its limitations, but we're born to fly. And some of these, and I love the message version here. Um, when when um, Philip told Nathaniel that he found the Messiah, and um, he said, It's Jesus, Joseph's son, the one from Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, You've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. Really? And some of these ideas that Nathan's unpacked, you think, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I hear it. Really? The pets thing? The, the, the whatever it is thing? Really? Yeah. So let's not get wrapped up in the Nazareth mentality and realize that there's places to go. Jesus only came out of Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. So we've, we should have, we've got the Bethlehem birthright, yep, within us being born again. We live in a Nazareth society of restriction. And God wants to say, look, there's ideas that are going to be flying over the barnyard fence. In fact, the fences are going to come down. And that's it. That's basically it. So don't get wrapped up in the resource, in the square confines of the compound of Nazareth when, there's, when we need to be out of, our, out of our Nazareth mentality and take on board these things and look up and we are like eagles. The Bible talks about that anyway sort of thing. So let's just uh, rejoice in God that God has plans and purposes for us and let's get out of this barnyard.